Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Or if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. And we'll be sure to answer your questions the next day. Um, but if you would like to call in or t- uh, send us an email, we would love to answer your questions and have you join the discussion with us today. So, yeah. Oh, well, uh, how you been, Taylor? I haven't seen you in about a week now, man. A little over, uh, a little under a week. It was last Tuesday. Yeah. So it's weird. The, just the one day, you know, I wasn't here on Wednesday. It made it feel like such a long time compared to how it usually is. Because, you know, I'm not usually in on Thursday and Friday. But that extra day, I was like, man, I haven't been on the radio in a while. Well, yeah. Well, uh, it's good to have you back. I kind of missed having you back. I don't know if you've been watching. By the way, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth usually the way the format of the program works is the first 15 minutes or so first segment um uh taylor johnson and i by the way taylor is a stout 31 or 30 30 year old 31 young married guy uh expecting his first child and uh he is a teacher in the jacksonville area Mm -hmm. and uh a former college athlete and just a good guy that uh I've enjoyed getting to know and spend some time with, and I'm Doug McCary. I'm 59 years old, almost <laughs> double his age, and uh, but we're happy to have you join us. But the first segment, we usually just talk about things in the news and kind of a biblical perspective. The whole purpose of SWAT uh, is Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth is to teach the Bible in a practical, relevant way and to be a band of brothers around the Word. We have five core values. God's Word is our starting point and authority. Uh, prayer, staying close to our commander, evangelism, engaging witnesses for impact, and discipleship, making Christ's last command our first priority, and then community, a band of brothers. And by the way, this band of brothers, we're doing a SWAT retreat coming up uh, August 8th. Some of you have asked, are we still meeting? We absolutely are here in the Salem Center. We're excited about it. We're going to be meeting on August 8th, and I'm excited about our guests Pastor H.B. Charles from Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church, downtown Jacksonville. He is going to be joining us. We got a couple of other special guests that will be there. It will be a great day. We got people flying in from Arizona, people coming in from Tampa, people coming in from Georgia. So we're excited that uh, we're going to be uh, doing that that day. And uh, we're going to shoot, jump out of planes, go fishing, and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, Hopefully you'll be able to join us. But in the news, I don't know if you saw uh, Sheriff Williams kind of made a concerning statement this morning here locally in the Jacksonville area about the Republican National Convention. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. But he said there's not enough time, money, or officers to keep everyone safe during the RNC that's coming to Jacksonville. 
Wow. Uh, and basically, what there was a um, a group that had pledged a fifty million dollar grant. Think about that fifty million dollars to help with security, mm. and they've cut it back to thirty three million. <laughs> and that, it, for some reason, that's not enough. Isn't mm. that crazy? Yeah. Um, but anyway. They're they're a little concerned about security, and why wouldn't they be with what's going on in our country right now? Yeah, that's because uh, I mean you you got to imagine that you know the Antifa types that element is gonna want to try to cause some mayhem at the convention. You know, well, yeah, and um, again, you know, when you think about our country, how great it is and by the way, Vody Bauckham was on last Thursday. He was he was great. If you had. I, I have talked to a couple of people who had never heard of him. It's V-O-D-D-I-E, Bauckham, B-A-U-C-H-A-M. And we're going to have him back on. He was phenomenal. He grew up in South Central L.A., tough part of, of California. Yeah. Went to Rice, played football, and has been a pastor. Now he's over in Africa. But, he, you know, he was just talking about, you know, America – I think he said this, you know, you got to look at America with maturity. Mm. In other words, America is flawed like every country because it's made up of human beings. Yeah. But but it's a good country. That's why people from all over the world come here. In fact, Vody said this. He said, you know, black people from all over the world want to come to America. Yeah. Because they get treated better here than any other place in the world. Mm. Now, can it be better? Of course it can. But it can be better for everyone. We we need to have good justice here for everyone. We need to have, you know, um, uh, justice that goes across that is blind to people's skin color. It doesn't matter. If you do something wrong, it should be prosecuted. It doesn't matter what you look like. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of whether you break the law or not. But he last week uh, told us about really a five- things that need to happen he said first of all we have got to reject critical theory in this country Mm -hmm. especially within the church and critical theory divides people into two classes oppressors and oppressed yeah that's not the way you don't see the bible dividing people that way Mm -hmm. so if we are going to look at a biblical mindset and have a biblical worldview we've got to get away from the two classes of an oppressed people and an oppressed the oppressors what we are is we're all sinful people and we need jesus and the only two classes in the bible are you're either in god's family or you're not that's really the way the bible divides people you're either an outsider to use paul's uh term or you're an, a person of the family of faith, a called one, a believer. Mm. But he says, first, we got to reject that critical theory, and it is working its way into everything. Everything. And yeah. people are saying, well, you know what? He can't speak object. Even objective truth is seen as from the oppressors. Well, did you see that uh, thing last week about, uh, I think it was the National um, Black Museum or something like that, released oh, a thing yeah. about the whiteness? In, uh, and it's talked about a hard work ethic is like that's how racist is that so so wait a minute just, so you're so your dad yeah uh is he not a hard worker i thought he was a pretty hard worker you don't get to be uh an all-american running back yeah. by not being a hard worker right yeah and so the whole thing is that some of those things one of them was a christian on that form 
It mm. said if you if you were a Christian and believed there was only yeah. one path to God, that yeah. was part of the oppressor group. So all those things. That's critical theory. I still want to get that Neil Shinvey on here, Mm, the guy who did that. Um, But that was the first thing. Second thing, he says, we've got to keep the law and gospel message out there and law being the thing that brings us to Christ Mm. and the gospel is the work Christ did for us. Because Paul says, I wouldn't know what the gospel was if it weren't for the law. So the law was given to show us, one, that none of us can keep it. When Jesus yeah. taught in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he, he taught, he kind of re, he didn't re-explain. He just kind of clarified what the law was. It wasn't just about the external. Mm-hmm. It was about the internal. And none of us can keep it. Paul says in Romans 3, nobody's perfect. None of us can keep the law. And, and all have sinned. And so we have to make sure that that is the message we as Christians are giving out. But then the third thing, he says, we have to have a a mature adult view of our country, that our country is flawed and fallen, Mm. but it's a good country. That's why people flock here. Mm -hmm. You don't see millions of people filing for visas to go to Venezuela or even to Russia. You don't see that. Why? Because we have freedom here. We have a country that has uh, opportunity, a possibility of possibilities. Uh, it's it's a place where the American dream can still be lived out. A guy can come over here from Vietnam, it's a true story, not have hardly anything, can start a donut shop and end up having a very successful life and passing that on to his children and teaching them in a, from a place where he would have had nothing over yeah. in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the country's good, but it's flawed. And he said, we got to remember that. Fourth, we've got to recognize and confront uh, untruth. Mm. And, and I think we're, we have been pretty much bullied as, as, a, as a Christian group, yeah. a subculture, into being quiet. Yeah. Uh, you don't, people are afraid. You, you don't see yard signs out. For political opponents anymore you barely see any uh, people are afraid to put stuff up there yeah. you know because they're afraid of what people are going to do and we we've got to recognize and confront uh falsehoods and then he says we got to fight the demons instead of the people you know and understand that the people are being manipulated by mm. demons uh, satan has weaponized uh race or or ethnic background He's weaponized socioeconomic mm-hmm. groups. He's done all this, and he is, because we've allowed science and nature to replace God, um, he's just had a free reign with our country because people don't see God's truth as absolute anymore. It's just your truth, Taylor, and my truth. Yeah, and for me, what's the most concerning is that, like like you were talking about, that this has entered into the church. You know, because if the church had a unified front on, you know, uh, being based biblically more or less and not letting critical theory get in into some of the the thinking of some church leaders uh i i would feel a lot more comfortable about the country's chances and the church's chances of coming back to god but now that the church is kind of against each other and going at each other's throat it's that's really concerning not a lot of not a lot of unity in the bride right now is there not at all all right we will be back with more after the break Uh, You can download our SWAT app in the App Store if you would like. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. David Crowder with All My Hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors and Advancing Truth. And with that in mind, we've been talking about um, last week we had Bodie Bachum on the show and we were talking about the five things that he thinks that um, the the American church and America as a people um, and we as the church body need to do to um, stem the tide of where we're headed as a country. And um, pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did you think of his five points there? I mean, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, I, I, I do have to apologize because uh, at first, Vody thought we were doing an hour because we normally do, mm-hmm. but because uh, we had Tony Evans on the first half hour, oh, wow. and then yeah. uh, Vody the second, and he was in Africa, and it's just hard to communicate back and forth over there, but we're going to get him back, I promise. Uh, but if you have not heard him go on youtube and put in vody bacham and he's got um, um a message on ethnic gnosticism mm-hmm. that's spelled g-n-o-s-t-i-c-i-s-m and uh, you can listen to that it's phenomenal and he talks about cultural marxism and he he had that message like it was like a year or so almost two years ago i think and yeah. how how much it, it's it, still it's relevant. relevant yeah, yeah it's like, well and he said this too taylor he said that correlation is not causation yeah and that's a huge point i mm-hmm. think to make because just because see what what we have going on now is 
somebody's personal anecdote mm. trumps objective truth. Yeah. In other words, you can, and, and we see this with the coronavirus. Yep. I mean, you, you can have all kinds of data, right? Mm-hmm. But, well, I know somebody, and and that trumps truth. Yep. Even though you can show them, listen, this is the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are going, I, and, and so, and somebody uh, emailed me. By the way, thank you for your emails, whether you're in Virginia on the Lighthouse or Meridian, WMER, or through our SWAT app. I thank you for the emails and the uh, that come in that, that either make comments or have questions. And this one came in. And I thought it was really good. Uh, the person said, have we made an idol out of safety? Yes. Yeah. I mean, people are so fearful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't ever remember a time in my whole life where our whole country lived. Do you realize, Taylor, that uh, I've read two stories in the last week where somebody actually either shot somebody yeah. or almost shot somebody because they weren't wearing masks and they got into an altercation by somebody who wanted them to wear a mask. That's that is insane. And from the jump <laughs> for me, like that has been like one of the like, you know, you it, it is. And it's interesting to see from the most part, the older generation. And I'm talking like, you know, my grandparents age, their mindset. You mean my age? No, 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 no. <laughs> my grandparents. age, so, yeah. so older than you. But uh, their mindset is much more of. You know that that's part of life. You know what I mean. And and they have uh, they they've been less afraid, and they're at the most at risk people than some of the younger people than people my age who really have little to no risk. Uh, okay, okay. So you got to hear this. You're exactly right. So Lori and I were up in North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. We we're hiking. We're on a hiking trail. First of all, who wears mask on a hiking trail? Yeah. And at the beginning of one of the trails we, where we were we're at it said welcome back to nature and then there's another sign that says don't forget to put on your mask i'm like (laughs) why would you wear a mask walking down a hiking trail but anyway so we're on this hike and it's a pretty good hike about two miles up two miles back and we're passing these older people that are hiking no mask and they're Mm. just waving hi how are you friendly just nonchalant we go up to this one family, and it's a young mom and a young dad, and they've got younger kids, I'd say seven, eight to ten, uh, like four kids uh, in that age range. And the mom goes, get your mask on. Get your, When we get close to them, get your oh. mask. Hunker down. Hunker down. And I'm like, wow. oh, she said that. On, oh, I'm not oh, kidding you. On the goodness. trail. It was so funny. And Lori goes, isn't that interesting? All the older people who, by news standards, are at most risk. Yeah could care less and the younger people um i don't want to say snowflakes but that term did pop into my head uh isn't that crazy and and to me i think that part of it is the milieu that you know the younger generation has been raised in which is farther removed from god specifically than the older generations and that is a big in my mind that's a big part of why you see such a difference in those elderly people who you know, they are like, yeah, they're not like, oh, this is ridiculous or whatever. They take precautions when they need to, but they're not shutting down their life and living in fear because of it. Okay, and, so let me ask you a question. How many people do you personally know, not just know about, but you know that have contracted COVID-19? Uh, a couple I have just heard about that are in like in my family yeah. um, that are like, you know, 
uh, my age and stuff and are but two yeah a, but maybe two or uh-huh. three mm-hmm. and since february yeah all right i've heard of two that i know yeah out of all the people that we know there's about five between us yeah so what does that tell you you know i know i know that this disease he is real zero yeah i know it's real but i you wouldn't You'd be surprised at the number of people I talk to that don't know anybody that has contracted it. Now, I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm not saying it's not dangerous. But I do believe that that emailer, that listener who emailed, has a point that when we make an idol out of safety, yeah, it, it, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, listen, we all, I know everybody has their own convictions, and, and I'm not talking about people that have underlying health conditions yeah. that might be at risk, but I'm talking about people who don't have any health conditions, who simply are fearful. And want to push public policies to infringe on other people, and yeah. Well, I have to tell you this, and, and this is, listen, if you're a smoker and you listen, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm not trying yeah. to pick on smokers. But I'm not kidding. I, the other day, I was at a place, and, and you know, I was outside, and somebody was smoking. So I did put my mask on there because I didn't yeah. want to inhale the smoke. Yeah. But people can still do that out in public places in some places, and that's dangerous. Secondhand smoke is worse than the smokers getting it. Yeah, yeah. and then for them, it's kind of funny to see them have a mask on and pull it down to smoke. <laughs> it's like you're... You're making yourself more at risk by smoking I, I, than by not wearing a mask. Exactly. And so all all that to say that we cannot live in fear. In fact, if you look in the Bible, uh, you the Bible says that cowards, that people that allow fear to drive their life, will, will not be in heaven. Mm. That's what it says in Revelation. So here's the deal. It doesn't mean there's a difference between fear and being afraid. Yeah. there's a difference between a fearful life and listen i go into place there's been times that i've been afraid before Mm -hmm. but i don't let that paralyze me from doing things and the problem has been that when you start talking about hunkering down just because you're passing somebody on a path think about how think about how desensitized we have become just in the last two months Think about everybody wearing a mask. Think about how robotic we've become. Think about the fact that we don't look at smiles. Think about the fact yeah. that we don't engage with one another with how are you. Um, all that is having an impact on us as a culture, I believe. Oh, yeah. and, and, and believers have to be above that. I yeah. Think. And what you're saying about it's kind of funny because we had just talked to a doctor telling about how for the kids it's not in, uh, you know, uh, that what did she say about even kids who get it, they don't tend to pass it to. They're not kids. carriers. Yeah, and so how she was like hunker down, hunker down, and fearful with her kids is is one thing. But two, I don't uh, wear. I go to St. John's County because yeah. I'm like I'm not gonna wear a mask. Yeah. Although you know, like Walmart's now saying that you got to wear it and stuff. Uh, but I, and it's just strange. Like me and if I go with my wife, are the only two people pretty much in the whole Walmart that don't have masks on. And even before the mask mandate became a thing, when this was kind of starting. I, I usually say, hey, how you doing? And the level, the, the amount of people who at the beginning were like, oh, hey, how you doing was more. But as it wore on. Now nobody people, talks. Yeah. They look at you like you're crazy. Like, don't talk to me. Especially if you don't, like like me, I don't got a mask on. They're like, 
Oh, oh if you, I know. I, I get the no mask look too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, well, hey, I wanted to let people know this morning I went to our brother Frank Pierce's memorial service. Um, Frank Frank Pierce was a, um, a a member of our SWAT group here. He was a good brother. He was born in 1943. 77 years old, passed mm. away a week ago, and um, or a little over a week, about 10 days ago. And uh, Frank was one of these guys. He was like a combination of Andrew and Barnabas. Mm. He was an encourager, but he was also one of these guys that brought a lot of guys mm. to SWAT. And uh, he was constantly encouraging our ministry as well as other ministries. He was on the board of Prisoners for Christ. Mm. uh of prisoners of christ ministries he was also on the board of city rescue mission i think on the board maybe not maybe just taught down there but anyway he taught bible study at the city rescue mission and um his wife lois and his uh, four kids were there they or his four kids gave a great testimony Mm. of their dad's love for the lord and their dad's love for her family so would you just lift up uh, the family of Frank Pierce, his wife Lois, and those kids and the grandkids, they they are missing him today, I'm sure, because today was a memorial. But one of the things Frank used to say, and I heard it from his kids today, is I can't means I don't want to. Mm. That was the kind of dad he was. When his kids would say I can't, he'd say I can't means I don't want to. Mm. And, you know, he he was just the kind of guy that would he wouldn't take no. If you say, man, we can't do this, he, he would figure out a way mm. to do it. God gave him that tenacity, um, uh, but it was a beautiful memorial today. And uh, just remember Frank and his family. And when we come back, we're going to start talking a little bit about letters to the church and servanthood again. We're going to stick around in that chapter because it's such a good chapter. All right. Sounds good. We will be back with more after the news. Hey, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and also a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as our listeners listening in Meridian, Mississippi, on WMER, as well as you local listeners here in Jacksonville and the First Coast area. If you would like, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaker. We've all searched for the light of day and dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Zach Williams with Chain Breaker. Uh, if you are just joining us, we are about to be getting into Letters of the Church by Francis Chan. We're going to talk about his chapter on servants. Uh, before that, we were talking a little bit about what was going on in the world today and uh, just uh, debriefing on the news and kind of what's how to look at it from a Christian perspective because, you know, this is SWAT Radio and we look at spiritual warriors advancing truth. We want to uh, help you guys uh listen to the news and start to think about uh, what you hear from a biblical perspective. So uh, with that in mind, yeah, that's what we've been doing. Well, yeah, you know, um, there's a guy named Robert Greenleaf who's written a lot about servant leadership. And, uh, you know, he, he talks a lot. Um, he says, you know, where there is not community, trust, respect, ethical behavior, are difficult for young to learn and for the old to maintain Mm. where there's not community. I'm going to say that again, where there is not community, trust, respect, ethical behavior. It's difficult for the young to learn and for the old to maintain. We have to have community. And I think, you know, one of the things that Chan brings out a lot in, in letters to the church by the way, Francis Chan was a pastor out in California. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about his book, Letters to the Church, which he kind of picks up on the, the idea, you know, when when God wrote through uh, the Apostle John uh, Revelation, mm-hmm. he addressed the churches. Yeah. And, and Chan was really moved to think about where we are as a church. I don't know what prompted him to to just pick that title if that was from revelation thinking about the revel i know that's a part of his journey but you know when you think about our church today let's just stop for a second and think about growth do you when you were growing up with your mom and dad did they track your growth like we had a stick where you know we'd at this age we'd put a little mark and then, you know, for the next birthday, we'd mark. And you could see growth each year, right? Yeah, uh-huh. You could, Did you do that? It's kind of funny because we moved around a lot because he was with a bunch of different teams. But um, when we got down here, they, they were tracking that for all of us. And so yeah, you could so. see it on the wall. Yeah. See, I remember there was a house where we did it. But but we then we knew we were moving, too. So we did a stick, right? So we yeah. could keep the stick. Yeah, because they had it in Charlotte. And then they, they actually, my dad did take a stick like that and then put it somewhere else on the new place. Okay. So let's imagine for a second from four years old, you do it and you're, you never move. It stays Mm. the same eight years old, 12 years old, 16, 20, 24, 30 years old. And you look and you go, man, I never grew from the time I was four years old. Yeah. Well, that's what happens in the church. Mm. Think about this. People come into the church family And most people come in thinking it's the job of the pastors or the staff to go do the work of the ministry, not themselves. And so they, the job of the pastor and the staff is not to do the work it is, but it's to, to equip the body and to lead and, and to, 
disciple. That's really what the job. Jesus didn't say, "Go, hey, go get a bunch of people and just teach them every week. Yeah. He said, go make disciples. You make disciples. Teach them. Uh, and when Second Timothy 2, when he says to Paul says to Timothy, he says, hey, Timothy, find faithful men who will be able to train others that can train others. So it's kind of like a perpetual training that takes place. And as you're doing that, uh, think about it. Let's let's go back to football for a second. Your dad was on a bunch of teams. Let's let's say your dad went in to the Carolina Panthers, which he played at. Mm-hmm. He's there, and he never grows in his skills as he's there. He he goes from Notre Dame rookie, and he never grows. Makes the same mistakes over and over. Never learns from his mistakes. Um, he just keeps going and goes, well, I, I'm doing, I'm just, I'm here. I'm on the team. Yeah. He never would have made it to Carolina. I, he, he, yeah. would, he They would have let go of him, when right? he was with the Colts. When he was, well, yeah, think yeah. about this. Chan brings this up in his book. He says, imagine somebody going to Harvard, getting their degree, right? And they, they spend four years at a, quote, premier mm-hmm. uh, college or university or Oxford. Pick any great. You know, right. just pick a, a, a well-known school. And you come back, and they're working at Burger King in the drive-thru. Mm. And you go, okay. Nothing wrong with working at Burger King, but that is not a four-year degree job to be taking orders for hamburgers yeah, at Burger King. If that's what you wanted to do, you could have just done You could have done that without school. going there, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, so why is it that we're okay in the church for people to come into the family and experience no growth with no ambition to sit every week and say, give me, 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 give me. I don't want to do anything but take orders. Yeah. I don't want to have to go think. Right. I don't want to have to go do anything. I just want to take orders. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious with that, but do you know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. And it it, it is something that. I think uh, specifically in my my view, it, it seems like it's something that alienates men um, because uh, there's no, you know, guys like to do. And so if we emphasize the doing, I think that would draw in uh, a more masculine presence. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that we don't is, I, 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 I guess I wonder as to why, you know, you know, I've been, I got saved at five and went through Christian school up except for high school, went to Christian school and college, you know, so I know a lot and maybe more than the average person. But at some point it's like, okay, what am I doing? You know, cause I can sit and learn all day, but if you're not producing, you feel like you're not growing. Mm. Um, and so for me, like if, if I'm not doing the things that a Christian does um, in serving in certain ways, then, I feel like I'm not actually living it out, you know, and I wonder why more people don't feel like that. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, Jesus said in Luke, he says, you're not to be like that. And he's what he's talking about is people who want position mm. without responsibility. Yeah. And I think if you're listening today, I want you to think about your mindset of church family. Why do you go be a part of the church family? Why Why are you part of a local congregation? 
if you believe it is merely to go and receive, you don't have a really good understanding of what Christ intended with the church. In Ephesians 4, Paul tells us that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, the shepherd and teachers to equip the saints, which would be you and me, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body. And, and Jesus said that the greatest should be like the youngest, the one who rules like the one who serves. Mm. We have to serve and come into the body with a mindset of, okay, he brought me in to serve. Think about in the Marine Corps military. Just pick any branch, but, of course, I'm mm-hmm. partial to Marines. I didn't go into the Marine Corps thinking I was just going to go in to get a uniform. Yeah, I came in knowing there was a requirement on me to be willing to lay my life down. Jesus even said that in Luke 9. He says, listen, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he's got to deny himself, take up his cross daily, mm-hmm. and follow me. Well, that's bold statements right there. But most people, I don't think, hear that part of the call to come follow Christ. What they hear is, you don't want to go to hell. What they hear is, okay, you want to go to heaven, right? We Mm -hmm. want to get you on that train. And it was not like that at all. It's basically, he wants us to be part of a family that's going to serve others to be a light. Like Paul says, like stars shining in the sky, Mm. we are to be a light to the world. And I think right now that, we're not shining very bright as a church. Yeah, that's why he wrote the book. Again, the book's called Letters to the Church, and you know, I I just think even of our leadership. And one of my frustrations, and maybe yours too. Listen, there's some good leaders in churches, local congregations. Yeah. So I, I'm not disparaging all, but there's there's a lot of micromanagement. Mm. Which isn't indicative of what Christ would have. Christ was about giving away. Yeah. He, he was about transferring to others. And um, Miles Smith uh, says, if you can't handle others' disapproval, then leadership isn't for you. Mm. Because it's tough yeah. leading. You're gonna, you're not going to please everybody. And it's hard, you know. Um, but serving others is the kind of leader that Christ wanted us to be not people that lord it over, and that's what he said. I mean, the church, which is you and me, it's not a building. The church exists to serve. End of story. It does not exist just for you to come consume. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we have to start asking God to change our mindset as it relates to that. And also, like, you know, as you're talking about this, it it reminds me of how, uh, leadership was presented to me as I was growing up, and that's the idea of a, being a servant leader. And that to lead, it's it's not exalting yourself up, but bringing yourself low in order to serve those that you're um, you're leading. And it's it's not a um, you know it's a position of authority, yes, but it's not something of like power where you're like I am the leader and blah blah blah. But it's really like the depiction that Jesus gave of you know washing the disciples' feet, like serving those that you are um, commanded or not that you're given authority to um, be over so anyway that was kind of what i was thinking as you were talking yeah well about tom that. peters yeah. says leaders don't create more followers they create more leaders yeah exactly that's good all right we got to go to a break we'll be right back after the break uh you're listening to swat radio stay tuned and that 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Radio. If you'd like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. If you are just uh, tuning in, we were, have been talking about servants and how we as the church body uh, should be servants. And as leaders, if you are a leader, you should be a servant leader. Um, so if you want to give us your thoughts on that, we would love to have you call in or uh, send us an email if you are adverse to speaking on the radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, that quote right before we went to break was from Tom Peters. It says, leaders don't create more followers. I would say leaders don't create anything. Leaders, God creates, yeah. but, if, but leaders uh, end up influencing more leaders yeah Uh, god uses people in the life to really help train leaders and that's what paul said in second timothy 2 2 and you know i really didn't understand that taylor early on in ministry even because i was more focused on just sharing the gospel with people Mm. nothing wrong with that but the whole thing was 
you sh- the the master plan of evangelism is a little booklet by a guy named Robert Coleman, which mm. is great. It's a great read if you've never read it. It's real tiny; you can read it in uh, an hour. But it's it's just about how Jesus did evangelism and how did he do it? He trained people mm. that trained other people. Yeah. He, he he built into a few that would go out and do the work building into a few. And if you look at Paul, Paul always had people that he was building into. And I think for most of us, we just tend to think of the random meet the person at the store, share the gospel, mm. meet the neighbor instead of meet them, share with them, build relationship yeah. with them. And yep. so that they can perpetuate what we're trying to yeah. live out you know, for other people. And that's interesting because I've, I heard something a long time ago. I can't remember where or who I heard it from, but that, uh, the most successful missionaries, usually they don't, um, they're, they get one person, you know, and they, they bring them to the faith and train them up. And then it's that person that's really the most successful in going out and because um, they've been trained and equipped. That's what Ephesians is all about. And they have the cultural impact that maybe the missionary doesn't have, but it's, it's interesting that we know, you know, the, the church knows that abroad, but when we come back to here, we don't think or live that way as far as, you know, I don't know how many times I've gotten a fly-by flyer of, here's the gospel, which because they just assume that I didn't know, and then they just dipped and I never talked to them again. And it's like, well, the best thing to do is, is to try to build in and grow uh, somebody, build into their life, uh, and cultivate a relationship with them and let them see uh, the light of God through you. Not Nothing wrong with giving out tracts or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But. Well, 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 Tommy Nelson, who's been a guest on here several times from Dallas, has been great. He's a senior pastor out there, been at the same church, I think, 40 years. Mm. But early on, he started this program called Young Guns. Mm. And what it was, it was an intensive discipleship leadership training for post-college men hmm. uh, or people who were out of high school, who were in a trade, whatever. Um, but it, people from around the country, not just in Dallas, but people would come out there and they would be trained in how to exposit scripture, how to defend the faith, and how to be a leader uh, in a vocational ministry role mm. or a non-vocational ministry role. And he taught them everything from Old and New Testament books, what the books actually meant, yeah. uh, and how to teach through it, systematic theology, church. He taught them all that nine months. Mm. He has been doing that for years, building into them. But he doesn't just get up and teach them. He'll meet them for breakfast and meet them for lunch and do life on life with them during that time. Then they become a priority. And he, he made this statement. He said, men and this program, by the way, we have women that listen and we we're glad you listen, but our primary target is the men that are out there that are disengaged or not are wanting to be engaged. Uh, because our desire is if we reach the man to quote Tony Evans, you reach the family. If you reach the family, you reach community. If you reach community, you reach the state, yeah. the state, the country, and the country of the world. But Tommy said, men, I've always found want something that is greater than they are, mm-hmm. something that they can go totally all in with, yep. 
um, to the point of death. They really want it. Deep yep. down, I think every guy wants to be challenged with mm-hmm. that. And the biblical revelation of God to man that culminates in Jesus Christ and his death is worth somebody giving their life for. Yeah. And I think we forget that. Sometimes when we go to church on Sundays, we sit there and it, it's just a message that our pastor's giving on a Sunday. We forget there really was God, man named Jesus, yep. who gave his life and said, Go make disciples and spread it all over the world. And 12 men did that. And we're here on the radio in 2020 yep. because of that. And every single one but one was martyred. Yes. Know, like that, that that's that's the type and of And the hundreds of millions that have been martyred yeah. throughout the century. That's right? that that type of I mean that's like to to put it I guess simply is that's that's a man's faith, you know that you're like I'm 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 about this and I'm I'm taking it to the hilt. So if it's it means death it means death, but I'm serious about that and is that type of intensity and dedication that I that that drives I think other people that are around you when you see that in somebody it's like man I want you know for men like oh I want that I want to you know like what's 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 he got and and that I think is something that growing up for me I didn't really see that too much in the church I saw that through Christian men but not always uh from the churches that we attended and that was something that kind of is disheartening sometimes did, did so. you did you ever hear of the uh the Shackleton uh, ad, however, uh, I, um, it was Ernest Shackleton, and um, it, it basically, um, let me find this thing, because it was really, it, it, I know it's been quoted, it basically, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of mm-hmm. complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful honor and recognition in case of success ernest shackleton he put an ad in the paper isn't that a great yeah, ad that's 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 pretty cool how many people i wonder did it i bet he got a lot of people like hey, um especially young young dudes are like yeah okay well i mean uh i think um that i don't know if it was the early 1900s i think when he did that oh really um was it like for like a uh a, a, like a um a big tent meeting type thing that he was getting trying to well no he was basically he wanted to go to the south pole oh he was okay. taking guys to the uh oh, south okay, pole I got you. and but but anyway i thought and, you were like but the response yeah. was overwhelming i bet the yeah. response they said was overwhelming uh because all the people in great britain wanted to go with him all the men they yeah. wanted to go down there because they want to be challenged mm-hmm. That's the thing. Men don't want to, they don't want, they don't want to just exist. Yeah. Deep within inside of us is this desire. And if you're, if you're sitting out there and you're listening or you're listening to a podcast later, don't, don't let your life, you know, I, I, I went to Frank's memorial service this morning, Frank Pierce. He lived his life well. He finished well. Yeah. Everybody that you talk to said, Man, he was always talking to somebody about Jesus. In yeah. fact, his kids stood up and they said, I can remember many a times coming in and my dad sitting at the table talking to somebody I don't even know, trying mm. to help them with their life. Yeah, and I the, mean, <laughs> and the fact that his kids gave a testimony to his life, you know, that, that to me, that's got to be, you know, 
that that would be what you want, you know, that your kids grew up and they, they saw you as a, a good Christian man who finished the race and who fought the good fight. And then that they're carrying that on into the future. Like that, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I know that, um, you know, when you think about the Christian life, everybody thinks about comfort, mm. comfort and consumption. Uh, yeah, that wasn't Jesus's life. No, uh, it wasn't. And it wasn't designed to be ours either. We were made for more than existence. We were made to serve. Um, and, you know, um, my friend Tim Lusk said one time, I, I've never forgotten it. He said, you know that you have the heart of a servant when you do the work of a servant. You're treated like a servant, mm. and you respond like a servant. Mm. See, a lot of times we we will might do the work of a servant, but we don't want to be treated like a servant in response. Yeah. We want to be recognized mm-hmm. uh, for that, and I'm guilty of that. I yeah. admit it. You serve, you give your heart to go do something, and you want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. That's a human. That's not supernatural. Yeah. That's very natural. Yeah. But but he said, you know, you really are a servant. When you do the work of a servant, you're treated like a servant, and you respond with the heart of a servant to say, "I just want to serve my master." So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, well, that is all the time we have for today. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the discussion. And if you missed any of it, uh, check us out on the podcast. Um, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program, as I just said, or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. I would encourage you to go back and listen uh, to last Thursday when we had Bodie Bacham on the program. It was great. Um, you can also listen to our podcast by searching SWAT, uh, SWAT Radio uh, in anywhere you listen to your apps or your podcast. Excuse me. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual